Zimmerman's got it. That's a double play. It's going to be a triple play. Unbelievable. This could be a double play, if not a triple play. It is. Three outs. One swing of the bat. And around the horn they go. Jones, Tavares, to Galarraga. How about that for getting out of a jam? Third, second, yes. triple play. How about that? Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Triple Play Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Street, joined as always by my incredible co-hosts. Guys, introduce yourselves. Josh, let's get this thing started, Strickland. Bradley, let's get this thing started, Kendall. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I I just want to point out, Wyatt, I I love the way you started the show by always, like, saying the word hello the exact same way. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I do that. It just kind of happens. So, you know. I really feel like I'm in Vegas at an MMA. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go full buffer. Doing my best Bruce Buffer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would say the thing, but it's probably copyrighted. So, don't feel like getting sued today. But Josh. what I do feel like is talking about baseball. Josh, thank you for allowing my uh, my copyright there, my copy. No problem, no problem. You get like two a year, and that, that's one of them. Oh. <laughs> Use the next one wisely, Bradley. Beginning of the year uh, and end of the year. <laughs> yes, there you go. The beginning of the season and one of the, in the playoffs. Yeah, perfect. There you go. Uh, but speaking of the beginning of the year, this is it. Like, opening day is coming right up. We are right on the precipice. It's, it's so close, we can taste it. I am excited. Uh, my pup here, Snoopy, he, he's ready for opening day. Isn't that right, buddy? Yes, I'm ready. That's right. So, we've got our preseason predictions. We're going to get into all of that and a little bit more in due time. But first, we have to discuss something important that has occurred uh, here in spring training that potentially could impact very heavily one of the most notable teams and might have an impact on our preseason predictions. So, let's jump right into that to start. Key White Sox outfielder Eloy Jimenez is going to be out a majority of the season, five to six months after rupturing his pectoral and his left shoulder. This will require surgery, uh, so he's going to be out for a significant period of time. Uh, One of the key contributors, expected to be the key contributor uh, for the White Sox this coming season, guys, what do you make of this injury and his absence now for the White Sox moving forward? And what's sure to be a great battle with the Twins in that AL Central. Josh, start us off. Well, it sucks. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, but uh, it sucks for uh, Eloy. It sucks for the White Sox. Uh, I mean, he was going to be a huge factor. He was going to have probably a huge year for the White Sox this year and kind of lead them to their dominant season that they were planning on having after their amazing offseason. And uh, it, it's just very unfortunate because the play that he did it on, he was trying to – he jumped onto the fence – trying to rob a home run that was like 20 feet over his head. Like, he had no chance of making the play, but he decided to try it anyways. And uh, all of this happened in spring training. So, very just a very unfortunate injury. However, the White Sox are going to be fine, probably, because they have, uh, <laughs> they have Andrew Vaughn coming up, probably, to fill in that spot. And that's like the, be- that's like the number one prospect right now. So, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, part of the reason that being so athletic can sometimes bite you in the butt is that you try to do absolutely everything and you think you're invincible, 
And then something like this happens, and you realize, oh yeah, probably shouldn't have done that, even though in my head prior to it, I believed that I was capable. So, yeah, very unfortunate for the White Sox. I think this is just a uh, a big, I don't even know if it's like a bigger roster blow, or just a bigger, like, confidence Because I feel like, you know, with a quiet offseason, not a ton going on for Chicago, we kind of just thought that they were fine where they were, and that they could kind of waltz into the season and really start the year off exactly where they wanted to be. Uh, but this just sucks some of the air out of the balloon. I think for multiple reasons, the roster and also just the, the fan base in general, I think is, is starting to get a little bit concerned uh, because, you know, everything was perfectly set in stone. As long as something like this didn't happen, they were going to be fine. Now, granted, you know, things like this happen during the regular season, so if it happened two months from now, we would still you know, be saying, okay, this is super unfortunate. Uh, but the fact that it's in spring training, I think, makes it even more kind of a, you know, really, <laughs> that kind of thing. Really, why now? A um, couple of things on this. You mentioned Andrew Vaughn. I think that's that's big for them. I mean, you talk about depth, having a, a top prospect you can insert the lineup. Uh, that certainly does help. Uh, was thinking a little bit on the um, – uh, end of just yeah, as we're ending this offseason, uh, you look back on what the White Sox didn't do in the offseason. I think they made a lot of you know key additions here and there, but not adding any depth, I think potentially could come back to get them. And it's already starting to come back to get them now as we look into the beginning of the season, not having a key man like Boyd uh, You know, you had guys like Kyle Schwarber, Jack Peterson, both available for fairly cheap. Uh, that I feel like, you know, looking back on hindsight, it's always 2020, but looking back on it, Chicago probably they should have added maybe a, a bat or two just in case. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, Andrew Vaughn could potentially, you know, fill in very nicely. And they've got Lewis Bear, Adam Eaton, and Adam Engel to fill in. So uh, I think they're going to be okay. In this a sport like baseball, injuries like this do sometimes be real seasons, but that many players sometimes doesn't have a huge impact. So definitely hurts, but in the end, I think they're going to yeah, I think overall to build off of that, I think overall they'll be they'll be fine. Um, it's definitely a huge blow, you know. Like I mentioned, like you expect a guy like Eloy Jimenez to be one of your key contributors, uh, really young budding talent. Uh, but you look at a lot of the other names on this team, like you mentioned a few there, but also like overall just Luis Robert, Yohan Moncada, Tim Anderson. Like they have, you know, within the top fifteen odds of the potential AL MVP, like they have like four or five guys. Now, one of them was Eloy Jimenez in that top 15, but still that's like three or four guys. Otherwise, Jose Abreu even as well. Like they've got other talent within that lineup. I think losing a bat like that, while it can be a big blow, they have so many other fantastic bats like that lineup. I think overall they'll be fine. Now, as far as filling that gap out there, I mean, as a White Sox fan, it's, you have to be on the one hand feeling upset, like, sad that, you know, a guy like Jimenez is going to be out for so long, you're going to lose a guy like that, a key contributor. But, on the other hand, the fact that you have a top prospect just ready to go, like, oh no, we lost one of our key contributors, fine, we'll call this guy up. Like, that's got to feel pretty good. Because most teams don't have that luxury. Most teams, they lose a guy like that, and you're like, oh no, we're screwed. And if you're the White Sox, you go, oh, well, whatever, we'll just call this guy up, and It'll be all right, and that's got to feel good. Now, we don't know how he's going to play out. Hopefully, he works out well. I think a, a lot of this will depend on those first couple of weeks and how Vaughn plays or how whoever they put in that spot plays. 
you know, Vaughn quickly adapts. He turns out to be good. He turns out to be fine. He's he's hitting a rhythm. Then you're going to feel a lot better. I think the White Sox will be fine in that regard. If he struggles, if he doesn't perform well, if he's not quite ready for the bigs, then you might have a little more to, to worry about uh, as the White Sox. But overall, I still think they're going to be fine. I mean, they're really only challenge or they're, they're really only like competitor in that central division is the Twins. And I think even without Jimenez, the White Sox still might have a better team top to bottom just overall. So this just makes that division race a little bit closer. But you still have to feel pretty good about the fact that like you've got a team that's good enough to where you're going to have a close division race. Even if you don't quite edge out the victory in the division, you're still looking pretty good in the wildcard race as well if you finish second in the division. So odds are they're still going to be fine and make the playoffs, but it's definitely a big blow. Yeah, I think if we looked at this roster without him even being there to begin with, I think we could easily say this is one of the top you know, two, three, four teams in the AL regardless. So, you know, like you said, I think getting to the wild card is definitely doable. Getting to the playoffs is definitely doable. Um, but winning the World Series might be a bigger challenge now that he's out. Now, you know, five to six yeah. months, that does leave the opportunity that he could come back. Again, you want to be careful with an injury like that, re injuring something like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, if they start getting towards the end of the year, do they consider bringing him back if they're in it? Uh, a lot, you know, obviously remain to be seen. But I think this this roster is still built to be able to succeed within the division. It is manageable. Uh, again, if this was a team that was on the cusp of the playoffs, we'd start to really be concerned about will they even make it. But I think even without that, they were still going to have to depend on a lot of other guys to be able to get where they want to go. So not having him and Ed's, I think, puts a little bit more pressure on those guys. But... Again, they'd, they'd still have to perform well to be a really good team anyway. So. Yeah, and to touch on the depth issue, now now if they get a – now if another outfielder gets hurt during the season, they're kind of out of luck. They're going to kind of try to pull out of their prospects a little bit more. I don't know about their depth at outfield after – now that you're one guy down. And I think that to, – to build off of that actually, Josh, I think that raises an interesting thing too. Like if they have another guy – go down, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen, but say someone like Luis Robert or whoever, you know, if somebody goes down midway through the season, you could see them make try to make a big, big splash maybe at the trade deadline, one of those guys whose contract is up at the end of the year kind of moves to stay in the hunt. Um, obviously that's speculation, that's across that bridge if you get there kind of thing, but that's something you could see. But five to six months, that puts... Uh, Jimenez coming back sometime in September, best guesstimate. So theoretically, as long as recovery goes well for him, he should be back in time for the playoffs, which if you're the White Sox, that's when you want him to be coming back. Now, you don't know if he's going to be full strength, how he's going to perform coming back, being away for so long. But still, that's got to make you feel good that as long as you're still in the hunt and still able to stay in it, by the time he's back, he can he can pick up and, and be a contributor. But speaking of all of that, now let's get into our preseason predictions and what we think is going to happen. Uh, we're going to start with the two biggest awards. We'll talk about MVPs and Cy Youngs. Then we'll get into our playoff predictions and who we think is going to wind up hoisting that trophy at the end of the year. So Bradley, I'll kick it to you first. Give me your AL MVP winner. Not a very hard decision. I think the NL is definitely the biggest, I guess you could say question mark, just because there's so many different guys that potentially uh, walk away with it. Um, 
AO, I think, is a little bit more focused on just a couple of guys. Uh, I, I went with Trout. I think I've come with him every single year we've done predictions. Uh, but it is the safe pick. And I think Trout, you know, it was interesting because last year, even in a year that he still finished, like, top five or six in the MVP voting, uh, he had sort of a down year by his standards. And I think I think for someone like Mike Trout, you know, you've been so good for so long now. You've been so consistent. Sometimes having a year where you might not live up to your standards is a good way to kind of refocus, especially when you're playing on a team like the Angels that doesn't really perform that well year in and year out. Um, I think this is this is a great time for him to have sort of a bounce back year uh, and being able to walk into a full season healthy, motivated, and really you know thinking that hey, if I if I perform well and our team performs well, we have a chance this year. Uh, so I think the fact that he's going to be surrounded by Rendon and Shohei Otani and a bunch of other guys that will be able to help contribute. Uh, you know, I think that's just going to help him more and more give RBI opportunities and be able to score more runs. So, uh, Trout, if, if he stays healthy and if he performs uh, up to his standard, not like it was last year, uh, I think it's an overrated. He'd be top at least two or three in voting. And, uh, that's, that's enough for me to be able to put him at number one. So, I'm going to go with Mike Trout. Yeah, Trout's always a good, good pick in the AL. Um, I'm going to go a little unconventional here uh i was thinking about i was kind of on the fence of doing shohei otani just because of what i said last podcast uh saying that uh he could win mvp or or cy young if he pitched you know well if he pitched well enough and still bat like around 290 or something like that which i still believe that uh but a lot of that depends on whether he's healthy or not now i say that because the next guy is going to depend whether or not he's healthy or not i think aaron judge could have a huge year this year if he can stay healthy uh, so Aaron Judge is going to be my pick. I was kind of on the fence with Jose Ramirez as well, but, uh, unfortunately Ramirez is probably going to get traded at the trade deadline. So he's probably not going to be in the AL by the end of the year, but I I'm going with Aaron Judge on this one, just purely off the fact that I think he's going to have a big year. If he, if he could stay healthy for the whole year, he can really do a lot for the Yankees. And of course you have the big New York media market, you know, people bias. Uh, that's a that's a very interesting pick there, Josh. And honestly, if he's able to stay healthy, I can see it. Uh, that's a very big if for me, though, and I haven't seen enough from him in recent memory to say that I'm confident enough for him to do that. Uh, I hate to be the boring guy, but I'm going to agree with Bradley here and say Mike Trout. Like, it's it's the safe pick. Like, you look at Mike Trout, and the worst finish he's had in his, his career in the MVP voting is fourth. Fourth. That is absolutely absurd. So, I mean, he's the kind of guy who's always in the mix. And apparently this offseason, he's fixed his swing, he says. Yeah, sure. Whatever that means. I don't know what was <laughs> wrong with it to begin with, but God help the rest of the league if there was something wrong with it, he somehow fixed it. Um, so, I don't know. I, Mike Trout's always the kind of guy you expect to go off, have a great year, be up there. It, it's kind of like LeBron in some ways where, like, he may not win it, he may, but he's always going to be in the conversation. He's always going to be in the mix. And, like, we all know who the true best player in the league is every year. It's Mike Trout. Whether or not he wins the award, whatever. But, you know, screw it. I'll go to the safe pick, and I will pick Mike Trout for this one. Uh, but let's move on now to the National League uh, side of things. Josh, your pick for NL MVP. You know, like Bradley said, the NL is just all over the place. Like, you could choose any of like 10 people and you could probably be, it would be a really good guess. Uh, so 
Mookie Betts won it last year, of course, uh, and he no, he didn't. He won two years ago. But Mookie Betts would be a good guess because of the Dodgers, and he's going to play well for the Dodgers, of course. Uh, Fernando Tatis, of course, is there because uh, that huge contract he signed, and he's been kind of blowing up these past two years. But once again, he has not played a full 162 season yet, uh, so we'll see how he does this year. My vote is going to be for Juan Soto for the Nationals. I, mm. I, I mean, he's just been balling out for the past two seasons. Uh, last year, he was, it was cut a little short because he was injured slash COVID at the beginning of last season. Uh, so he, but the numbers he put up once he finally got to playing was just amazing. Like he was in the MVP talk after missing like twenty games in a sixty game season. So I think Juan Soto is probably my pick here. Man, you stole my thunder. I was I was thinking you would absolutely go with a homer pick and go with Acuna or, or even Fred Freeman for a repeat. But after thinking about it for a while, I, I agree with you on a lot of different fronts, Josh. I think I think Tatis, the hype might be a little bit too much right now, especially because you said he hasn't played a full season yet. Um, and I think you know, you know you, there's always that one guy every single year that gets all the preseason hype. You know, Mookie Betts has delivered the last couple of years, even with a lot of the hype. But I think Tatis. We've seen a lot in spring training, but I think if you hit the regular season, there's going to be some slumps here and there. It's, it's just happened to a lot of guys, and I think it's going to eventually happen to him. Um, Soto has just continued to get better. I think that, that for me, has been one of the most impressive things about him. Because even when it seems like a sophomore slump or his home streak shouldn't hit him, even in a shortened year last year, like you said, he had 350 which is insane <laughs> in yeah. like 40 games. Um, the only thing that'll worry me a little bit would just be, and this is just natural of any player in a good division, is the, the pitchers he's going to face. I think there's a lot of really good teams that uh, the Nationals are just quite frankly going to have to play throughout the year. Uh, and with that, it's going to come facing Nick Brown, Max Freed, Soroka, a lot of different pitchers um, in the NL and AL that are going to challenge him. And as he continues to hit and continues to play well, you know, people were really going to start to key in on how are we going to figure out how to pitch this guy. So um, I think he's got the, the best chance, if you ask me right now. Um, and if he's able to stay healthy and replicate what he's been doing over a full season, uh, I think he'll absolutely get his opportunity. Yeah, Soto is a great pick, and I think he's definitely going to win at least one or two MVPs throughout uh, by the time his career is done. Um, and definitely a huge good pick for this year. I'm going in a different direction. Um, I thought about Soto. I almost went with him. I had a tough decision between Soto and the guy I picked. But you know what? Even with all the question marks and everything, I am going to jump on the Tatis train. You know, the the, com, uh, the contract he signed. Yeah, he hasn't played the full 162, but this is going to be his year to finally prove, like, it's all worth it. The hype is all worth it. It's all warranted. I think he's going to show up and show out, especially in a division where – you know, you've got that big, bad Dodgers. The matchup that, that that's going to exist between those two teams is going to be huge. I think he's going to show up, and I think he's going to show out. And you know what? I'll jump on the Tatis train, and I think he'll he'll do enough to earn an MVP here in his first full 162. Um, but not without a good showing from Soto, though. I think that's one heck of an MVP race that I think we'll uh, be able to watch throughout the season for sure. Um, well, let's move on now to the pitchers and the award for the pitchers to Cy Young. Uh, last year in the American League, Shane Bieber with a triple crown. Bradley, does Shane Bieber replicate the magic and get another Cy Young, or does someone else steal his thunder this year? Man, it was really tempting. Um, 
you know, you always look at a guy that performs so well in a short amount of time, and you just, the obvious question is, can he replicate that over the course of a full season? I think he's definitely capable. I think his stuff is insanely good. Um, the only thing that will worry me a little bit is kind of similar to the Grom. I don't know what the Indians are going to do this year. Uh, in years past, I would say that he has a real solid chance because they had a lot of guys behind him, and they were just going to win a lot of games. Um, but I do think a, a, a bit of the sophomore slump will hit him. Um, so it's, just, it's hard to hard to predict, and I think there's too much of a question mark coming out what people are actually going to do this season. Um, I'm going to go Garrett Cole. I think he finally gets his first uh, Cy Young. Again, it's going to be a real popular pick, but uh, I think if you ask me who I'm most confident in doing it, um, listen, this guy's easily been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last couple of years. Uh, it is interesting to note that the last Yankee to win the uh, Cy Young was all the way back in 2001 when Roger Clemens won it, so it's been a long oh, wow. time. Uh, for the Yankees, hmm. but I think Cole is due for one at some point. It's going to happen at least you know in the next couple of years, uh, and I think with so many guys around him, this team's going to win a lot of ball games. Um, if he's able to stay healthy again, like I keep saying that for a lot of these guys, but it's just true. If he stays healthy and his stuff remains what we've seen, I, I don't think there's any question he's he's capable of winning it. Well, that just goes to show how much health is important to being a like yeah. really good. Uh, an elite ball player. I mean, LeBron James has been playing for like 20,000 years and he's still fine. Well, he just, he just got hurt, but you know what I mean? I mean, he got like his first major injury ever. But anyways, uh, I like uh, Shane Bieber, of course, would be a good pick, but like you said, he's going to have the DeGrom effect going on there because Cleveland, I don't know how Cleveland's going to do. He might be, he might be the AL DeGrom over there where he just pitches lights out every game, but like it's a one zero game <laughs> and he gave up like one run, but it's a one zero game. His team can't do anything else. Uh, so that, that might be Shane Bieber's downfall. I do like Garrett Cole, but the new rules on, uh, on cutting down on substance on the baseball for pitchers kind of makes me a little weary about Garrett Cole, just because the rumors that he does that very often, just like with, uh, Trevor Bauer. My pick is actually going to be Lucas Giolito though, for the White Sox. Uh, he had a really good year last year. Uh, I think the White Sox are just overall going to be really good this year. So he's going to have he's going to have uh, what the ESPN Cy Young predictor calls the winning bonus or whatever. Uh, so he's going to have the nice winning bonus going on with them. I think Lucas Giolito has got a good chance of winning Cy Young here. Uh, my dark horse though is going to be Kenta Maeda. How about that? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I like you. I like you throwing out the Maeda name there. Um, and I also love the the Giolito pick. I think he in some ways is also kind of a dark horse just because everybody's talking about the Bieber or the um, or the Garrett Cole, but Giolito's the kind of guy who very much could be in that race. I think he will be. Uh, Garrett Cole as well, but I'm I'm also going to... I'm I'm glad we're all in different directions here. I'm going to jump on Shane Bieber. We saw what he did last year in the shortened season, winning a Triple Crown. I know that's going to always have a little bit of an asterisk because it wasn't a shortened season. But I, And I'm not saying he's going to go out and throw a Triple Crown in the full season this year. No, but I think he's going to definitely build off of the success of last year. I don't think he'll have necessarily that hangover effect or whatever. Um, I think in a lot of ways he's going to put that weight on his shoulders. And we've seen even with, with the Grom... One of the Cy Youngs, you know, yeah, you get no run support, but they do take that into account. If you go out there and you lose a bunch of one nothing ball games, that's not your fault. Win-loss record doesn't really matter anymore. They're going to look at your strikeouts, your whip, your ERA, and 
Shane Bieber's got all of that. So I think he's going to go out there. I think he's going to get the job done, and I like him to go back-to-back. Uh, a little bit of a safe pick, sure, but you know what? I'll, I'll ride the Bieber train. Um, Are you a believer? What? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a Sh- I'm a Shane believer for sure. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, one, one quick thing before we do transition. Um, I, I am very curious. Josh, I like your Giolito pick. He's getting a lot of hype. Coming into the coming into the uh, the season right here, I, I mean, I think it's definitely warranted, but I do question whether people kind of only put a lot of stock into the no hitter he had, and then he kind of burst on the scene with a couple of really good starts. He had a three point four eight ERA last year, four point four for his career. I I just don't know if I'm buying it yet. I think he eventually will, but I'm wondering if this is going to be the year, if it's going to be like the next couple of years. So. I like your pick, but I'm just not quite buying it. I was real tempted to pick it. Though. Well, my thing about him is it seems like he kind of improves every year. I mean, his yeah. his uh, I mean, his batting average on balls in play or whatever. Like, if you look at some advanced some some, some saber metrics, uh, it, it, he has been improving every single year. And I think this is just the year where he kind of puts it all together and just balls out. I mean, he has all the pieces around him and the White Sox. I mean, he's going to have the run support. They're going to mash. So, I mean, if, if he's going to do – if he's going to have a hell of a year, this would be the year. Yeah. I – you know, and if the White Sox are going to be as good as advertised and play as well as advertised, I think you would need, you know, a pitcher to step up and be your guy. And Giolito's going to be their guy in that regard. So, I think that's definitely a good pick for sure. Um, so, that's going to be interesting to see, especially, you know, in a, in a central division, that race between the White Sox and Twins. Indians sort of want to be in it. Bieber versus Giolito, matchups like that will be fun. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Uh, but to move on now to the National League side of things, guys. You saw Trevor Bauer win it last year. He's joining a rotation in L.A. that has a couple of other former Cy Young winners, guys like Clayton Kershaw, other newcomers on the scene who might be pushing for their first uh, as well within the National League. So a fun race that I think we're in for in the National League. Who's going to pick it up? Is somebody going to get another Cy Young, or will we see a first-time winner? Josh, I'm throwing it to you first for this one. Well, my thing about the National League is that it's pretty much Jacob deGrom's award unless someone else balls out. That's pretty much how it is. Jacob deGrom, he, he's going to be rebounding from a down season, guys. A down season which he finished third in Cy yeah. Young. He's like Mike Trout, pretty much. He's the pitching Mike Just Trout. Just like how Mike Trout had the... Mike Trout had to fix his swings. Yeah, I'm sure Jacob DeGrom fixed his pitch or something like that. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he he's just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he has single-handedly convinced people to stop caring about wins and losses for pitchers, which is a thing that's been it's been long argued for many, many years and Jacob DeGrom just comes in, pitches lights out every game, but the Mets can't back him up and everybody kind of forgot about that. Um, Trevor Bauer, I don't think Trevor Bauer is going to perform as well as he did last year, so I'm not going for that. Max Scherzer could make a good comeback year, though, because he was injured most of last year, so Max Scherzer is up there. Uh, and then, of course, you have Darvish, Bueller, Aaron Nola is always there, Blake Snell in San Diego. I mean, there's just so many people. The National League is just unfair at this point. But I'm going with Jacob DeGrom to stay on top. <laughs> After all that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is the Grom's award to lose. It is almost like picking, you know, how can I convince someone that he's not going to win it? 
<laughs> like that's really right. the, the the task we're up against now. Is how do we get creative enough to come up with a reason that he's not going to win it? And ironically enough, this is the one year the Mets are actually going to be probably pretty good. So <laughs> wins and losses for him actually could come back to help. So uh, it will be interesting. I, I'm going to take that train of trying to pick someone that is not named Jacob Degrom, just because I think you know after you win a couple, eventually it's kind of like LeBron, like we said before. But eventually, I think voters get tired of him. Um, so I'm going to change it up a little bit. I had Garrett Cole as kind of a chalky pick in the AL. Uh, I'm going to take Walker Buehler. I think from what I saw in the playoffs last year uh, and just what he's been building, he's going to be on a really good staff. So my concern would be will he get kind of buried in you know, the Clayton Kershaws and the Trevor Bowers and all those guys. Uh, but I think he absolutely has what it takes. I think right now being a young guy with a really live arm, uh, they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, as long as he's able to be consistent. Um, his stuff is better than almost anyone in baseball right now. So uh, I think he could be a similar pitcher like DeGrom where he just goes out and dominates every single uh, time he's out there. Uh, but I think it's going to be a close race. I think it's, like you said, a lot of guys that could win it, uh, but I'm going to go Bueller. Yeah, I mean, you could, yes, you could throw out any number of 10 to 15 names in the National League and it's, it, it, and there's a really good argument for all of those guys. You could you could list off literally in succession 15 names, and I'd be like, yeah, I could see that guy winning it, you know, if they have the right season. Like, that's that's how crazy it is. Like, to throw out two homer names, like, we saw Sonny Gray ball out last year for the Reds. Luis Castillo for the Reds could potentially, he's, he's among the odds getters if he has a good enough year. Like, there's so many names, but I'm going to agree with Bradley here on this one. Uh, you look at that rotation, and it's got multiple former Cy Young winners. I think Bueller adds his name to that list this year. You know, he's a guy who's been getting better each year. He's balled out. You look at the season he had last year in that shortened year. He, he feels like he's right on the precipice of really breaking out of that shadow of Clayton Kershaw. And I agree that Trevor Bauer, I think he's still going to have a good year, but I don't think he's going to be able to replicate what he had last year. I don't think he's going to be quite as good. I think he takes a singular step back. He's still really good, but I think he takes a step back. Clayton Kershaw is not quite the Kershaw of old. He's still very, very good. He's still dangerous, and he's still not a guy I want to go up against. But I think this year is the year that Bueller sets himself apart. The past couple years, it's really felt like he's quite on that precipice of like breaking out and being the Dodgers' number one go-to ace guy, overtaking Kershaw. And I think this is the year he finally takes that step forward overtakes Kershaw, becomes that true number one for the Dodgers, and becomes the next great Dodgers ace. Um, I, I just really like Bueller this year. I may come back to eat those words, but I really like Bueller this year. Yeah, you want to, if you want to just pick based on who's the best player or best pitcher, maybe on the best team right now, it's kind of hard to argue. So, you know, I think you're right on that right yeah. line there of, of um, making a justifiable pick there. <laughs> The, the only thing I think that could hurt him is the fact that he's got Bauer and Kershaw also in that rotation. And if those guys also go off this year, you know, there's going to be those guys who make that argument that, like, well, you take Bueller away from that rotation and it's still amazing, as opposed to, you know, some other guys, maybe like DeGrom or Luis Castillo or Max Scherzer, although there's a three-headed monster out there in, in, in D.C. But, you know, it it's... It's harder to argue when there's two other guys backing you up quite that well sometimes, but I don't think that's an argument that is as important anymore in today's Major League Baseball as it was 5, 10, 15 years ago as well. 
Yeah, that's more suited for an MVP style pick. I think with Cy Young, it, it kind of always sat. <laughs> or who's just the best pitcher. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Bueller on that one. But really, like I said, it could be any one of 15 guys. So the National League, like Josh said, unfair. Uh, I'm excited to see that play out. But let's move on. The uh, playoffs and who we think is going to make it. So, uh, Bradley, I'm going to have you start us off. We're going to start with the American League here. Uh, we'll go with the American League, then we'll move on to the National League. And, and, and for starters, give us your division, just 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 your teams who are in. All right, give us your three division winners, your two wildcard teams, and then in a moment we'll get into you know the matchups and who we think is going to advance in each round. But first and foremost, the five teams that are making the playoffs this year, as we keep in mind that we are reverting back to the previous format of the playoffs, and we're no longer doing the 16 teams like we saw in the short year last year. I think in this year, especially for the American League, makes it quite difficult. <laughs> I think, as we saw last year, it was nice having a lot of flexibility, but uh, this year we got to get more strength with our picks. Uh, so for me, AL East, I'm going with the Yankees. They're clearly the best team. I think there's you know, a couple teams, like the Blue Jays, Rays, but I'm going to go Yankees. Uh, Central, I'm going to stick with the White Sox, even with Jimenez uh, being out. I still think they have a really good roster. Uh, they finally have the pitching, I think, to back up. Top nine roster spots. Uh, AL West, this was an interesting one. I really wanted to go with the A's, but I think when we saw a couple of their moves they made, they lost a couple of key players. Um, and, you know, the course of a full season, I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate what they had last year. Um, I'm going to go with the Astros. I still think they're a really good team. We saw them at the playoffs last year really start to uh, come to form, and I think they'll be able to uh, stretch that out over the course of the whole season. Uh, they get Berliner back, that, that really helped too. Uh, AL wildcard for the first team, I'm going to go with the Twins. I, I Again, it was really close on picking the Twins, maybe to win the Central. Uh, but I think having Ryu there is a huge asset. I think they'll be a real good team this year. And then the Rays, um, you know, it's a coin flip between Rays and Blue Jays. Uh, even with losing a couple key pitchers, that's something Glass now could be a sneaky Cy Young candidate. So I think if the Rays have a lot of their young talent for more money they should, I think they'll be right in the so, for American League, for the AL East, I got the Yankees winning as well. Um, they, they're just, like you said, they're just the better team in that division. I think they're going to kind of run away with it if their people can stay healthy, which Aaron Judge and Stanton have been trying different things this spring training. So, we'll see about that. Um, AL Central, I'm going Twins winning it. Uh, White Sox, they look really good. They, they, they bulked up their pitching. They bulked up their bullpen. They overall made all of the right moves, but I think the Twins are still very strong, and the Twins are much better in the regular season, usually. Uh, so I'm going with the Twins on that one. And also, Tony La Russa still baffles my mind. I feel like Tony La Russa is going to fumble something up for the White Sox there to kind of make them lose the division. Uh, I know that's just like a weird thing to say, but I, I think Tony La Russa is going to be much more damaging to this team than people kind of think. Uh AL West, I don't know what to do with this AL West, all right? Uh, I could I could make the same mistake I've made every year for like the past three years and choose the Angels. I think the Angels are finally going to get off the right, get, you know, get finally do the thing. Get Mike Trout into the playoffs and do the thing. Shohei Itani, I mean, Rendon, I mean, they look great, but they didn't add any pitching. They literally did not add any. I think their only addition to pitching is Shohei Otani, which they've already had. So, so I don't know about the Angels. 
I actually think the Athletics could pull it out because the Athletics are, you know, just that team that always pulls it out randomly when nobody expects it. The Astros are still very good, though, with Correa, Altuve. If, see if Altuve could bounce back after a terrible year last year. Um, and Bregman, of course. But I think the I think the Athletics are going to kind of sneak in and win the division there. For the wild card, it is pretty much the White Sox and a combination and one of the Blue Jays or the Rays. I don't know which one yet. I'm going to go with the Rays just because the Rays are still a pretty solid team. I mean, they you after going through all the offseason storylines, you feel like the Rays like sold their entire team, but they still have a pretty solid team over there. So I think it's going to be the Rays over the Blue Jays. All right. Uh, I'm going to make it a clean sweep for the Yankees in the East. I mean, they're far and away the best team in that division. And barring excessive injuries, which we've seen from them in the past, mind you, it just feels like they're a division to lose, and I think they'll they'll come out on top in it this year. I will go with the White Sox in what should be a tight, fun race in the Central. Um, I think even with the La Russa concerns, which I, I agree, Josh, those are significant concerns, and even with Jimenez going to be out, I, I just still feel like the, the White Sox have a team that's just talked about them better than the Twins, and I think that'll be enough to get them over the edge. Um, I am going to make your mistake this year. I am going to pick the Angels in the West. With with Shohei, you know, hopefully he has a full healthy year and is able to do the full dual threat thing that we, we've expected of him since he came into the league. You know, potentially Albert Pujols' last hurrah, best player in baseball, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, all that. Like, you know what? I just – the A's took a lot of steps back. They lost a lot of guys. Uh, the Astros, they lost a couple guys. They, they've taken a little bit of a step back as well. I just – you know what? The the West is a lot more open than it's ever been for the Angels, and I think this year they'll take a step forward and take it. Uh, what they do with that after the fact, well, we'll get to that shortly. But uh, I'll take the Angels out West. I may regret this heavily. But you know what? you got to risk it for the biscuit. Um, I'll take the – for the wild card, though, I'll take, obviously, your second place in the, in the Central, which for me is the Twins, and I think also the second place in the East – uh, and I, I'll go with the Blue Jays. I'll, I'll go against the grain from you guys. I think the Rays, while they still have a very good team, like y'all said, I think they lost just a little bit too much. The Blue Jays have added, and they have a great young core there that has only gotten better. And I think this year's a year they take a little bit more of a step forward after getting a taste of the playoffs last year. You know, granted it was that expanded 16-team playoff, whatever. Like, I think since they got that, that, that little bit of a taste, they're going to be hungry. They're going to want more of it. You know, Vladito has lost weight, and he's in the best shape of his life, apparently. So he's going to be hitting dingers for days. Like, you know what? I'll, I'll jump on this Toronto hype train for sure. Um, so give me the Blue Jays in that wildcard game. So now that that's settled, we, we've stated what we think the AL playoffs will look like. Let's jump right into that. Before, let's predict the AL before we get to the NL. Let's go lead by lead. So for starters, wildcard game. Real quick, who you got? Go. Josh, start us off. Uh, I, I had the White Sox versus the Rays. I think the White Sox can pull that off. So I got the White Sox winning that. I, I want to quickly uh, correct myself for my prior statement. I think I said that Ryu plays for the Twins. I meant to say Kenta Maeda. I think I mixed up my Asian, my Asian pitchers there. <laughs> um, but I have two completely different countries. Very different. Very <laughs> different. I don't want to make anyone upset. Um I had Twins raised. This is a tough one. I mean, yeah. we know the history of the Twins playoffs, um, but I think if you if you ask me who's got the most playoff experience and who has probably the best future in the matchup, 
I think Glasnow is going to have a really good year. Uh, so I think in that particular matchup, I'd go. That's yeah, that's that's a that's a fun matchup. I've got Twins Blue Jays, um, which makes for a, the two guys you just confused, Kenta Maeda versus Hyunjin Ryu in that matchup. That sign me up. The most confusing matchup day. for Bradley ever. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> but one of those two is going to come out on top, and I'll finally be able to remember who, who plays for you. <laughs> there you I, go. I love I love both pitchers to death, but I think the the experience, like you said, you know what? This might come back to bite me in the butt, but I will give the Twins their first playoff victory in forever, and I will take the Twins to win that wild card game. Going now, what the after that? Show. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, and I have the Angels winning the West. Um, but we'll see where they go from there. Uh, the next round's matchups. I'm going to shoot it back to you, Bradley. Start us off. Who, who advances to the ALCS? ALCS. So I had the Yankees, the White Sox, Astros, and then the Rays. I think in that instance, the Yankees and Rays would play in what we know would be a absolutely thrilling series. Uh, and then the White Sox and Astros. Um, I'd probably go with the White Sox and the Yankees. I think they're just clearly the best teams out of that out of that bunch. Um, you know, if the Astros get Berlander back, maybe that could really help. But I think in that particular instance, I think the Yankees would clearly advance. Just too much pitching. Uh, I think Giolito would really pull Madison Bumgarner out of his uh, out of his pocket and, and really truly be a force to be reckoned with in, in October. Um, and then, do you want me to continue to go through my the winner of the AL, or are we just going this round? Uh, yeah, might as well go okay. ahead and give us your winner for the ALCS. Uh, I'm going to go with the Yankees. I think again, I think. Why you talk about it all the time about how pitching is just so key, especially in the playoffs. I think the yep. amount of pitching the Yankees have to go with hopefully a healthy roster there and Judge and a bunch of other guys that just seem to get hurt so many times. I think they finally get over the hump. They've they've made the right additions. Uh, watch out for Jameson Tyon being sneaky three or four pitcher. Um, not just because of the fire stand. I think he actually really could be a good pitcher. Um, but I just Homer. <laughs> it's hard to be. It's hard to make a homer pirate stick, but I just did it, I guess. Um, <laughs> Somebody has to. Eventually, yeah. Uh, so I'd go. I'd go Yankees. <laughs> I, I think. I think they're due to finally make it, and they're just a better team. So I have. So I have the Yankees playing the. Oh jeez, Yankees playing the White Sox, which would be a Ooh. fantastic series. Oh my gosh. Um. And I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold with this one. I think the White Sox take down the Yankees there. I think uh, I think something will happen with the Yankees and they just fall apart. And the White Sox beat the Yankees. Then on the other side we have the Twins versus the Athletics, which is a very interesting matchup because the, it's the Twins in the playoffs and it's the Athletics in the playoffs. So uh, I did not do myself any favors in this one. Uh, so I'm going to go with Twins over the A's. So we've got oh. White Sox twins in the ALCS, and then I'm gonna go. Oh man, please! Oh man, I'm gonna have the twins of the World Series. You wow. can't do that, Josh. <laughs> Josh. Josh. I'm, I'm going twins of the World Series. Oh, how did you? Corner, you're gonna. How do you corner yourself in your own prediction? <laughs> you're going to either look like the biggest doofus or the biggest genius by the end of the season, and there is no in between. I, I just I, madness, but come on, man. <laughs> I just really like this Twins team, and if they don't have to go up against okay. their nightmare team of the Yankees, they can legit go very far in the playoffs. Now, if they play, if they get the wild card and play the Yankees in like the in the DS, then they're they're screwed. They're going to get swept, and it's it's going to be terrible. It, 
So Josh, and I'm, it's I, funny th- you say that. This is all matchups. I am playing exclusively matchups here. But I, I it, with the matchups that I set up for the Twins, the Twins have a good chance of making the World Series. And, and uh, that's fair, and I think it's funny you say that. Because while I gave the Twins their first playoff victory in decades by beating the Blue Jays in the wildcard game, that puts them facing the Yankees in my, in my bracket in the DS, and that is, we all know how that plays out. So I just royally screwed them, and yes, I have the Yankees beating them. <laughs> it's, it's a very strange thing it's, because I, de- I have the Twins, I, I think the Twins could beat the White Sox in a seven-game series, but I don't think the Twins could beat the Yankees in a seven-game series. That's it's fair. It's just a very, it's a very strange dynamic. It's like rock, paper, scissors I got going on here between the Twins, White Sox, and Yankees. And if that comes down yeah. to a last, like, four-game playoff between the White Sox and Twins to win the division... You best believe Josh is going to be sitting there like, well, you win the division, you might make the World Series. If you don't, you might be out in the wild card. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah, what I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> you know, if I'm on the Twins, I'm like, I don't want the Yankees. Yeah, no. Um, but unfortunately, I have the Twins getting the Yankees, and I have the Yankees coming out on top, like history suggests. Um, but that means I get the White Sox versus the Angels. And again, I'm doing the Angels a favor, putting them here, but... We know how that's going to go. I just, I'm taking the better team there. It's the White Sox. So my Yankees-White Sox matchup actually happens in the ALCS, which I think makes for a very fun matchup. And like you, Josh, I'm going to take the White Sox. I think just this Yankees team has not... So the way I'm going to put it is, like, if we remember, I think I probably harped on this last year. It's like, I can't pick the... I couldn't pick the Dodgers... With no matter how much hype they got, I couldn't pick the Dodgers until they proved to me that they could do it. Last year, they proved to me that they could finally do it. Because if we remember before last year, they always had so much hype, so much hype, so much hype, and whatever reason it was, so many different things, they could never quite finish it off. This Yankees team feels very similar, except they're just not quite as good and not quite as hyped in some ways. And until they proved to me that they could finally get the job done in the biggest situations... I have to believe that they can't. And so I'm going to take the White Sox there. I'm going to put the White Sox back into the World Series in the American League. I'm I'm doing it. But bull pick maybe? I don't know, but I'm going to I'm going to I guess I'm going with the hype there. But that leads us to the National League side of things. And Josh, I'm going to have you start us off. Your five teams in the NL. Oh my god. Okay, I'm going to save the East for the last cuz I'm still not sure who's going to win that one. Uh so the Central, the Central is very strange, okay? It is very strange because the Reds are still going to be pretty good. Uh, the Brewers are getting hype out of nowhere. I'm not really sure where the Brewer hype is coming from. I kind of bought into it a little bit when I've discussed it with Wyatt beforehand. But the Brewers are getting some hype. I think it's mostly because Christian Yelich should bounce back this year. And if he does, then that Brewers team is going to be really good. Um, I got the Cardinals winning this division. I, I just I find it very difficult to go against the Cardinals looking at all of these teams, um, just just because, I mean, they got Arenado, um, and they and Wainwright's back to kind of help those young pitchers out more. Jack Flaherty is just really good. They have a guy named Ponce de Leon, which is always a win in my book. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> The all-name team, for sure. So, I mean, I, I'm going Cardinals in the Central. In the West, I mean, you guys, I think the Dodgers are going to win the West. Padres take that, I mean, literally, 
the West makes this so easy because one of these guys are going to win the division and the other is going to get that wild card spot because the Giants, Diamondbacks, and Rockies are all in limbo. They have no idea what to do because they can't compete and they they just they're just they're just there. I would hate to be a fan of one of those three teams just because they're just kind of there. They're not like terrible. Well, the Rockies are going to be terrible, but like the Giants and the Diamondbacks, they're not like god awful, but they're not going to compete at all. It's very strange limbo that they're in. So I got Dodgers winning the West, Padres getting that getting that uh wild card spot, that one first wild card spot. Then we come to the East. Oh my god, this freaking division. I mean, you got the Mets, the Mets who added uh, Lindor and uh, James McCann. You got the Braves who pretty much are just running it back with everybody, plus Drew Smiley of all people and Charlie Morton. Then you got the Nationals who are expecting to bounce back because Scherzer and Strasburg should be both healthy, so their pitching should be fine. But the, So the Nationals are expecting to jump back. You have the Phillies. The Phillies are going to be okay. They have Bryce Harper. And uh, then you have the Marlins are there, too. The Marlins are going to be pretty good this year. It's just they're in the toughest division in baseball, unfortunately. Um, This is just a very tough one for me, mostly because I don't think the Braves are going to win this division. I don't think the Braves did enough in the offseason to win this division. So I'm going with Mets winning the division and the Braves getting that second wildcard spot. Okay. Okay. Uh, be a little bit different. Won't be a ton different, but definitely some uh, interesting picks here uh, that I'm curious. Josh, I'm real curious how you have that shaping out and actually playing those matchups. So I'm <laughs> eager to hear your uh, your matchup by matchup breakdown. Um, oh God! So it's for be me, terrible. I'll start in the East. Actually, I think I think the Braves actually going to easily win this division. I think the Mets are definitely going to be a good team. But again, as we've seen, the Mets love to bet, and I think. The additions are definitely going to help, but I think over the course of the whole season, there's still going to be a, you know, looking around 500 sort of team. I think there could be a couple injuries maybe here and there that'll come back to get them. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of hit or miss with this team. Uh, obviously, Lindor's a good player, but Alonzo better pit really, really well, as he did a couple years ago, uh, or else it's literally going to be kind of Lindor or bust. Uh, pitching staff, I think, is good for the Mets. I think, you know, Crum's going to be absolutely stellar. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Carrasco and Sterling do behind it, but uh, I think that's uh, definitely still a good team. But I think the Braves are just, they're still built to win the division. I think I don't think they got any worse than they were last year. I think pitching, adding adding some of the young guys they had in the playoffs last year step up, and then getting guys healthy, I think is really going to help. Uh, they're just a more experienced team. So I, think, I think the Braves uh, end up winning this division. I know it's going to be real close throughout the whole year, but I think they end up going way towards the division. Uh, Central, I think this is a very easy pick. I think the Cardinals I don't see any other competitors. I don't know where the Brewers hype's coming from. Um, but I think adding Arenado, I think Flaherty, having um, Yadier Molina behind the plate is going to be huge. Um, and if this, if this roster plays the way they should play, I think they could even be the one of the best teams in all of this. Um, Dodgers, obviously, win the West. Uh, thought about picking the <laughs> Dodgers in the division. Um, the wild card, you know, as you said, Padres are a given. Uh, the second one, I think, will end up being the Mets just because they've just got so much talent not to make it. Uh, so I think those are a, a very good core group of teams that will be interesting to see how they play out. But I think this, this is relatively easy for me to pick. Right. Uh, very interesting uh, names coming up here. So 
Uh, in the in the East, um, I am going to go the Braves as well. I think, like Bradley said, I just feel like from from last year to this year, the Braves, if anything, they've improved actually because the the some of those main guys you saw that were injured, like Soroka last year, are coming back this year to give them some edge. And it's just like the Mets, like Bradley said, the Mets are going to Mets. Uh, I don't know what it is. But kind of similar to what I harped on with the Yankees, what I harped on in the past with the Dodgers, until the Mets prove to me that they can live up to their hype, I have to assume that they can't. The Phillies, I'm going to say the same thing based on the past couple of seasons. They get so much hype, and they underperform significantly. Until they prove to me they can, they can do it, I have to believe that they won't. The Marlins, they had a great year last year. They were aided by the expanded playoffs. I think they still have a little few more steps to make before they quite get there yet. And I just, you know, the Nationals, they're going to get aided by the the fact that Strasburg and Scherzer will be healthy again this year. But I just feel like the Braves, top to bottom, are the best team in that division. And while that's going to be the toughest division, top to bottom, in all of baseball, I'll take the Braves. I'll take the Braves in that matchup. Um, The Central... I think that's going to be a very tight race, actually, between the Cardinals and the Reds. These teams, I think, are a little bit closer than people anticipate just because uh, of the pitching. I think it's the pitching that really like gives the Reds a little bit of an edge there. I think the Reds have a better rotation, even with the loss of Bauer. I think the Reds have a better bullpen. The Reds still have a great lineup that can go toe-to-toe with the Cardinals. I think the addition of uh, Arenado helps them significantly. I will give the Cardinals the edge in this division. I think the Cardinals will win it. Um, and I'll, I'll go with the Dodgers out West just because they are top to bottom, the best team in baseball, but for the wild card, yeah, Padres get to host that game. I mean, no surprise there. Here's where my little bit of a a hot take, if you will, comes into play. I'm going to, and yes, I know it's a little bit of the Homer pick. I'm going to put the Reds in that wild card game, but I can, I can back it up. I don't make these Homer picks without some semblance of realistic reasoning. And here's my reasoning. That American League East, while the indication off the top of your head is that it's so good, it should put a second team in the wild card, right? I think that division is so tough that it's going to beat up on itself, and that will actually hurt the second-place team more than it will hurt the second-place team in the Central. In this situation, I have it being the Reds, and I think the fact that the NL uh, Central, excuse me, the Central, once you get past the Reds, it is a weak, weak division. Like, sorry, Bradley, the Pirates, trash. All right? You, you Cubs, really did not so have much. to do that. We already yeah. knew. You did not have to do but, that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going step by step here, though. The Pirates, <laughs> trash. The Cubs, really bad. Like, they're not that good. The Brewers hype, like you guys have touched on. I don't know where the hell it's coming from. It's coming from Brandon somewhere. Woodruff, <laughs> outside of Brandon Woodruff and Christian Yelich. And Devin Williams, that's three out of 26 players. What fan, the hell else does that team have? Fangraphs ha- nothing. Fan is protecting them nothing. to win the division. Well, Fangraphs is dumb and wrong. That team's got nothing. The only two teams that have a realistic, legitimate chance of winning this division are the St. Louis Cardinals and Cincinnati Reds. And if I am wrong, I will eat the hell out of those words. But I promise you it's going to come down to those two teams. I am marking it right here, right now. Yeah, I'm just glad the Pirates made the show. (laughs) That division is so weak that the Cardinals and Reds, I think, are going to beat up on the other three teams. And the real matchups will come between those two teams. That gives those two teams a lot more free victories that the teams in the East don't get because they're just caught up in so many great tight matchups between themselves. And as unfair as it seems, that will hurt the East more than I think uh, will hurt the Central. 
And I think the Reds will just edge out those East teams because they get an easier victory uh, or they get an easier path to that second wild card. Is it fair? No. Is it right? No. Do I think the Reds deserve it more than some of the other teams? No. Um, Realistically, in terms of true top-to-bottom talent, they should be one of the East teams. But I just think that the East is going to beat up on itself just a little bit too much, and that's going to come back to fight it. It'll be interesting, yeah. I think the East could go one of two ways. I think it could either go like it did with the Central back in about 2014, which had Irons, Reds, and Cardinals, but they're like 98 teams. Um, yeah. And they just, you know, completely obliterate the other two teams below them. Or I think it could be a lot like what we've seen out of the AL Central the last few years. The White Sox and Twins are obviously the better team, but they're not head and shoulders above the rest of the division. you got the Indians and the Tigers mm-hmm. that are, you know, blurking around, maybe even being 500, but not like, not a complete team. Um, I think it's probably more likely that the teams are not as good as everyone thinks they are, um, which is why they probably could beat up on each other. Um, but, it, you know, to be interesting, because the Mets and Braves could pull away over everyone if Scherzer gets hurt, or if Strasburg comes in. You know, you could see some of these teams really take a step back. So, it'll be interesting to see kind of what direction they go. Yeah. But so, definitely I, interesting stuff. Well, I'm glad um, you went there, because somebody has to take a risk. Hey, it's in the description of the show. Hot takes guaranteed. Look, man, I have um, the Twins in the World Series, and I'm still not sure about that one. So That's not hot takes. <laughs> that's just a not a good pick. <laughs> oh, oh, Listen. wow, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, you're talking about wow. Josh, okay, whoa! <laughs> whoa. Hey, you know, we gotta rag on each other at some point. Exactly, that's what that's what makes this fun. Uh, but let's let's keep this rolling. We've been going for a while. Let's keep this rolling. Our, real quick, Bradley, hit us. Wild card game in the National League. Competitors, winner, go. All right, National League, this might be the best matchup in the entire playoffs. One-game playoff to Grom versus either Darvish or Snell. Um, I actually think the Padres end up winning this, only because I I think they're the better team. I think unless DeGrom pitches like a two-hitter, I don't think the Mets are going to have in that amount of pressure finally making it back. I don't think they're going to have enough to back it up. Uh, Padres just, you know, we saw what they did last year. Made it to the the series of Dodgers, and obviously moved forward, but I think they're um, and I want to see Dodgers Padres. Um, so it would be Dodgers Padres next round. Dodgers, I think, just clearly the better team. Too much pitching, too much depth. Uh, they would move on. Um, the interesting matchup would be the Cardinals and Braves. I actually want to go with the Cardinals. I think again, Braves. Oh, I think we'll get we'll get past the division. Oh. <laughs> but I think in that particular matchup, I think Flaherty is going to be too much. I think he's going to pitch really, really well. Uh, I've just liked him for a couple of years now. And I think just top to bottom hitting. I think having Arenado finally make it to where he can really be on a good team and position himself in the playoffs, I don't think he's going to waste that opportunity, and I would go Cardinals. Um, and then in the matchup of Dodgers-Cardinals, i got to go with the Dodgers. I mean, it's just, it's, it's impossible to pick against them. Um, way too much pitching. Fewer pitches the way we think he's going to. I mean, they don't even need him on this roster to win, but I think they're just going to go with the Dodgers. So for me, I have the hell of a wild card game between the Padres and the Braves. Uh, my God. Uh, I, I'm not sure how to pick one. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Well, here here's my reasoning. I, I think I'm not really sure. I'm not really confident in the Padres in a one game wild card series. Then again, I'm not really confident in the Braves in anything. So, uh, but I'm going <laughs> to go Braves. Like Braves be, I'm going to go with the Braves beat the Padres. Just because, that's my homer pick. That's my gimme homer cool. pick here. 
since Wyatt can have a homer pick, I can have a homer pick since I went against my homer pick to choose the Mets winning the division. Anyways, um, so then we got Dodgers Braves. <laughs> Ooh, I hate I hate myself apparently. Uh, Dodgers Braves, <laughs> Cardinals Mets. I think the Cardinals take down the Mets. Um, unfortunately, the Dodgers and the Braves are going to go to another seven games. I'm going to die of a heart attack, and the Dodgers are going to win. Uh, then the Dodgers make the World Series and decimate the Twins. I'm going to go ahead and give you my World Series <laughs> prediction. <laughs> That's not even a comparable matchup. Oh, man. Well, you speak of going against your homer pick, Josh. Uh, I'm going against mine immediately in this wildcard game. While I think a fun one-off matchup against uh, of Snell versus Luis Castillo... Um, cause I think they'll go Snell, not Darvish because the Reds have faced Darvish so much recently because of his time on the Cubs that they would go for a different look. Um, but Snell versus Castillo, I think is a fun matchup, but the, uh, that Padres lineup, that Padres team, it's just too good. Like, yeah, I know a one-off game, anything can happen, but oh my God, going to San Diego, this Reds team has no chance against that team. I, I, I don't care who it is. Nobody has a chance against that team in this game. So I'm taking Padres. That gives us the Padres-Dodgers matchup. I think that's going to be the best seven games. Or that's a, that's a five-game series, sadly, unfortunately. That's the best five games of the entire postseason, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm giving the edge to the Dodgers. Cardinals-Braves, Josh, this one's for you. The Braves get a cathartic victory over oh, the Cardinals. God, please. The Braves, like, I just... Well, here's my thing. is I, I'm surprised, honestly, it's taking me this long to say this. But it's because of the pitching. The Braves' rotation is better, as long as everyone stays healthy. But that's always the big if for everything. But the Braves' rotation is better. I think you have a better bullpen. And honestly, I think you have the better lineup. I think the Braves have the better overall team. And I think the Braves get the victory in this series. Do I think it goes four or five games? Absolutely. Josh, it's not going to be fun for you in terms of your heart health. But you'll get the victory. Dude, this whole so season's not going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be fun, now, but it's also not. Right, but I hate to do it to you, but in the next round, the Braves get the Dodgers, and yes, you're going to lose to the Dodgers. That gives us the Dodgers-White Sox World Series, and you know what? Screw it, I'll go ahead and jump right into it. As much as that's going to be really fun, as much as I'd love to see the White Sox pull it off, I've always said I can't pick the Dodgers until they prove to me they can do it. Last year they proved it. This team got better somehow. Tony La Russa, this is where he screws it up. To your point earlier, Josh, of Tony La Russa messing up the White Sox, this is where he does something wrong. Somehow, some way, this is where things fall apart for the White Sox. Maybe it's their lack of experience. Maybe it's the chemistry vibes against Tony La Russa, a combination of multiple factors, what have you. Walker Bueller and the rest of that squad just jumps out on top. I'll take the Dodgers in, let's say, five games. Yeah. So, Bradley, go ahead. Your, your World Series... Your World Series pick. Yeah, this is the exact same matchup I had last year, Dodgers Yankees. I am very tempted with the Yankees, I really am, because knowing how tough it is to make one World Series and win over the Dodgers, winning two is almost nearly impossible just from what we've seen. Um, but I think just the fact that they are going to have top to bottom, the deepest, uh, most experienced, and most talented roster at every phase of baseball, I think you have to go with them. Especially because the Yankees, again, you know, having to go through a whole season staying healthy is an issue, but having to go through a whole postseason is even tougher. So I think if they're able to be 100% healthy, I think the Yankees clearly have the best chance to be the Dodgers. But given the, the individual matchup you see there, I don't think there's any question you have to 
Dodgers thing. Yeah, so looks like we all have the Dodgers winning. <laughs> we're all the Dodgers you, repeat. Yeah, it, and that's the thing is like most years I'm a, I, I stray away, try to anyway, from picking the repeat just because the World Series hangover. It's so hard to win one, let alone back to back, especially in a sport like baseball, where like any given day, literally anything can happen. We all know the baseball playoffs are freaky and weird, uh, which is just further proof that we're all going to wind up being abhorrently wrong when this is all said and done. But it's just, it's hard to pick against the chalk of the Dodgers this year. It feels like it. it, This is the hardest year ever in recent memory for me, at least to pick against the favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those years where you just, you think that there's no chance that they can lose, but this always seems to happen in baseball. Like we always feel like the year after a team wins, built, they got everybody back, there's no chance they can lose, and then you see them not even win the division. <laughs> so so I think it's very possible the Dodgers could lose. I don't, I don't think it's a, a 100% guarantee, but given the fact that they've just added the <laughs> young winner, I think if they kept the same roster, I'd pick the Yankees. They just added Trevor Bauer, I can't pick That's fair. That is fair. So... There you have it. Um, our preseason predictions, we all have the Dodgers, so I can't wait for us to all be sadly right or all be eating our words at the end of the year. Um, so this is going to be fun. Um, but now we have to move on to actually, uh, real quick, a couple more things before we end the show. Uh, some kind of sad news as well. I'm going to send it to Josh first on this one. Our beloved Nick, better than Babe Ruth Marcakis, has retired from baseball. Josh, Start us off here, your thoughts. Well, it's a very sad, uh, it's been a couple sad weeks for me since this was announced. Uh, Nicky Two Bags, my guy, uh, professional hitter, you know, all a very gooder. Uh, yeah, he, okay, seriously, Nick Markakis is a very solid player that's always been on bad teams. Uh, I think this Braves team he was on last year was probably the best team he's ever been on because he was on the Orioles for the longest time. And the Orioles, I mean, they had a couple teams that were really good, but they just could never, like, get over the hump. Uh, and then when he joined the Braves, the Braves were at a uh, – the Braves were rebuilding. It was mostly a, hey, let's get this veteran guy because what else is he going to do? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I love Nick Markakis. I know some Braves fans were getting tired of him because he, his, his abilities were just way down. But he was a solid – he was a reliable guy to have, and he was a great veteran presence to have in the clubhouse. And uh, he really helped build, rebuild the Braves after uh, 2012, 2013 and all that. So, I mean, he's the main reason this is why the Braves are where they are right now, I feel like. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty sad. Uh, and the fact that he is better than Babe Ruth in doubles. Uh, he has more doubles <laughs> than Babe Ruth, which is always something that I need to bring up. And uh, I was going to I was going to compile a list of the amount of things that Nick Marquez is better than Babe Ruth in. Um but there's only like two other ones, and uh, one of them's only because they didn't count this stat when Babe Ruth played. Uh, but uh, Nick Marquez has less strikeouts than Babe Ruth, so less career strikeouts. So you know, better okay. than Babe Ruth. Uh, and he grounded into more double plays than Babe Ruth. So um, elite is Wait. is is grounding into more double plays actually better? It's not, but it's we're definitely we're gonna, not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I'm sorry. Nate Markakis was also hit by more pitches than uh, Babe Ruth. Oh, 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 okay. And so. on top of that, he's been drafted by more fantasy baseball teams. 
Exactly. Only because fantasy baseball makes sense. Also, more intentional walks. Teams were afraid, more afraid of Nick Markakis than Babe Ruth. So, I want to hear. And speaking of fantasy <laughs> baseball, I mean, Nick Markakis was always the guy that like you just happened to own at some point during the year. You didn't even know how he ended up on your roster, but he just always seemed to appear. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Markakis has also made more money than Babe Ruth. So, okay, well, now that's inflation. not counting inflation. It's not counting inflation, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think you said it perfectly, Josh, though, when you said Hall of Very Gooder, because Nick Markakis strikes me as one of those perfect examples of the kind of guy that, like, no matter what team he's on, no matter what lineup he's in, the first guy you point out is like, yeah, that's the guy I'm scared of, was never Nick Markakis. But he was always, like, right there as, like, that kind of guy you'd go, oh, yeah, but that, that, that Nick guy, yeah, we should be careful with him, or, like, he's the kind of guy you take him just ever so lightly you know, you, you may say, like, oh, maybe we don't need to worry about him, and then he goes up and hits three doubles off. Like, something like that. Like, he was always that guy that, like, he was never the most fearsome hitter in any lineup. He was never the elite guy, but he was always really, really good and could always burn you in the most unexpected moment. Yes. Always sad to see a guy like that go. Uh, I think if it wasn't for however many times However many times we talked about him on this show, I don't think we would have brought him up at all. Uh, but we had to bring him up because of the better Babe Ruth stuff. So real quick, one last thing before we go. We we got to talk about this because it happened. Cubs prospect Jesus Camargo Corrales was recently arrested with 21 pounds of meth and 1.2 mounds of oxycodone pills in his team duffel bag. Oh my God. What a story. Yeah, Bradley, start us off on this one. Like, just what... Do we even make of this? Wait, I'll, I'll make it cool. I, I, I mean, if you see the picture of it, you could definitely fit more in there. That's all I'm going to say. I feel like the ratio is a little off there. I think he needed more oxycodone pills. Yeah, I think he was the skipping ratio is way a off bit. here. <laughs> yeah. I think his supply was getting a little low. Um, interestingly, that he had this stored away in his, uh, his bag as well. So, like, even if he wanted to claim that he couldn't have ever had that in his possession it was in his cubs baseball bag so yeah a poor job of hiding it i don't know where I'm, I'm curious where they found this because i'm led to believe that he was it just was, hearing this in the locker room so like it was actually in a, a traffic stop he was apparently like going too fast and or weaving through traffic or something cops pulled him over for a routine stop and they searched his car found the bag that he said had uh only baseball equipment in it, and then obviously they open it up, and there's a ton of drugs. Yeah, uh, not a good look. I mean, not a, not your most ideal way to get your career started off as a prospect. <laughs> I, I think his career is over at this yeah. point. Yeah, so. I think this this was a this was an ending. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be the best um, the best player in the jail jail leagues. We didn't think. He will be a great story that we will bring up many, many times on this uh, podcast. But he's only yeah. out in 25 years. If he comes out and hits like 40 bombs for the Blue Jays as a 48-year-old, then <laughs> Hey, he is forever and always probably the league leader in meth. And, you know... There's some stats that nobody else is going to have. He is better than Babe Ruth when it comes to meth. I was about to say it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that feels like 
the weirdest, most perfect way to end this episode. <laughs> so, um, that is all we've got for you today. Final thoughts from either of you guys before we go real quick. Um, fun fact, Jonathan LaCroix has been released by the White Sox. So, Jonathan oh. LaCroix is just out there, which is very weird because he was just such a big-time player a couple years ago. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, a couple fun facts for me. I guess I already kind of told y'all this earlier. The top Rangers now no longer a pirate. Uh, very sad career. Or end of his uh, time with Pittsburgh. Uh, very rich, rich history that will go down in the record books as probably the shortest set for <laughs> many careers. Uh, he was there yeah. for a grand total of like 10 games in spring training. Um, so not much to say else, but it's too bad. Um, Pirates second, legend. Pirates legend. About, about as much as Mal- Carmelo Anthony on the, uh, on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, second bit of news was on the fantasy baseball end. I completely forgot that you guys agreed to like a during the draft trade for Fernando Tatis. And I saw this notification pop up Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was driving, and I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I was very skeptical of it. Yeah, wait, wait, who is, is Tom, like, colluding now? Like, what's going on? But then I realized, oh, yeah, this already got determined. So. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun thing we need to mention. A new segment on our show that's starting soon is Tom is going to give us an ESPN-like update on our fantasy baseball league. It's going to be great. Yeah, a little, little couple-minute update on uh, our on each podcast for how our fantasy league is going. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be really fun. I, for one, am super excited to uh, get his lovely voice on the show uh, a couple minutes each each episode. So that's going to be fun. Real quick before we go, I will shout out Jack Leiter for Vanderbilt, you, uh, who threw a no-hitter, striking, striking out 16 against uh, South Carolina. Walked the first batter of the game, struck out the next, or uh, got out the next 27. So he was one batter away from the perfecto. Couldn't quite do that, but still dominating performance. And then in his next game, went out and went seven no-hit innings, um, getting pulled uh, mid-no-hitter. So who knows what could have happened. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to shout that out because holy crap, what a what an intense two-game stretch from probable future Pittsburgh Pirate Jack Leiter. Oh, I don't know um, about that. We'll see. <laughs> hey, man, the rate he's I, going, he might okay. be the number one pick. I also have some sad news to end this podcast off. So the Marlins have announced that their press box ice cream machine is going to be on IL to start the season. So No! Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's very sad. So... I can't believe we're going to end on news like that. I know. I'm sorry, guys. Really dampened the mood. Dang it, Josh. Well, uh, on such terrible news for Josh and Bradley, I must say goodbye uh, to all of you lovely listeners. But thank you for tuning in. And uh, next time you hear our voices for this podcast, we will be talking about regular season baseball that has actually happened uh, not just preseason or anything like that. No predictions. Like actual regular season baseball on a full 162 game season. So I, for one, am excited for that. So we will catch you next time on the Triple Play Podcast with regular season baseball to talk about. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. It's a triple play.